Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Dan Mangina. Today is Tuesday, March the 17th, 2020. Happy St. Patrick's Day to those of you who are of Irish descent. Today is a, a beautiful day for you, and uh, hopefully you're not allowing otherworldly events to get in the way because uh, it's a good day. It's a good day. So anyway, it's uh, 4 p.m. New York time, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And our friend Alex is feeling a little bit under the weather, so she's kind of going to take the uh, day off and chill out a little bit, do some meditating, and just kind of bring herself into a more aligned space. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking before the show, Dan, that we both been kind of dealing with some stuff. And and you, you said it really well. I'm not sure exactly what you said, but my take on it was you really weren't sure where it was coming from. You just kind of knew it was there and you had to kind of deal with it. And that's what I've been thinking. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I really do believe very strongly in the power of collective agreements. I don't mm-hmm. believe that we have to be a slave to the effect of collective agreements, but I do believe that collective mm-hmm. energy does have um, does have a say in the choices that we should be making um, for our best. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just important to recognize that there is a lot of fear-based collective energy being dispersed at the moment. Um, oh, yes. I've been doing my best to stay away from it, uh, but mm-hmm. also battling the idea that I'm not pretending nothing's happening. It's an interesting little tug of war, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, on the other hand. And, it, and it's a very fine line between pretending something's not happening and creating a reality where that's not happening. And it's just a matter of yeah. certainty, we could say, is the level of certainty. So I've been doing a lot of work on my level of certainty, and I've been doing that by practicing the smaller things, my level of certainty of creative power in smaller things, and then reflecting back on that when it comes to the bigger, greater thing. But, yeah, I mean, especially for the empaths out there that really do feel energy, it's a, it's a time to be mindful of our inputs, I would say. You know, be mindful of our yes. inputs and, and, and not from a space of fear, but from a space of self-love. Be mindful of what we're consuming energetically and in terms of information and data. I, I was experiencing it. Uh, I mean, certainly fear is going to be associated with any of the so-called negative emotions. Um, but I was experiencing the fear as anger, which really surprised me. I, I was getting pissed. Wow. So I was saying, why am I, why am I so pissed? I don't understand. <laughs> And I thought about what uh, Linda Armstrong likes to say about that. She she says, whenever you're feeling stuff that's, you know, you're kind of out of sorts, you're not in alignment, you're not in the vortex. Um, she says, the first thing to, to ask is, whose energy is this? Mm-hmm. Along the lines of what you were just mm-hmm. saying, you know, kind of a reminder, like, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It isn't my energy. This is this is what's coming to me. Now it's up to me to decide how I'm going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereupon I, I immediately proceeded to start getting pissed off some more. <laughs> 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 uh, do you know what I, I found? Well, uh, this is uh, this is the funny thing I found. The more time we spend trying to fight that peed offness, the more mm-hmm. we're giving it life. So again, yes. it comes back to that very fine line about putting it between putting your head in the sand and creating a reality where it's not there, not giving it the, the attention of life. So I find personally um, the work of my friend Dr. Ann Jensen. She created a, a tool called Heart Speak. I really do recommend okay. everybody looks at Heart Speak. I think it's .com. Speak. Okay. Really, really great work. Okay. And it's just understanding how we can feel our emotions and be present with them enough to experience it without allowing it to inform our frequency too much. So not suppressing anger, but allowing the, the anger to speak and say what it's got to say, and then allow it to shut up and carry on with your life. Right. <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you yeah. needed to just, maybe that anger was allowing energy to move. It could have been old anger. It could have oh, been just allowing it I to think pass so. through, you know? I mean, anger is, is not the lowest level of, of emotional vibration. It's actually higher than some, and it is a way of expressing the really low ones. It's a way of getting it out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I agree with you when you're, you don't want to be, um, I don't want to be suppressing anger in any way or re rejecting it. I want, I want to express it. I don't want to express it at somebody else. But I want to express it. <laughs> and, and, and I think that you said something really key there. You don't want to express it at someone else because, right. I, don't, I mean, is there a good, is there bad? There's agreeable and there's disagreeable. There's things that have an uplifting and things that have a constricting effect. And anger is just an emotion. It's the direction of it that gives it context, should we say. So, mm -hmm. Right. You making the choice that, yeah, I've got this feeling. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to make it wrong. It is a feeling. It's part of the experience I'm here to have. However, I'm not going to put that on someone else. I'm going to experience this anger. I'm going to allow it to be. And then I'm going to move on with my life. The analogy that I always love to give uh, for similar situations is this is if you follow the, the theory that we're here to experience life and its range, effectively just experiencing anger is going to a theme park and just going on the same ride over and over and over and over again. Whereas if you just experience oh, yes. the ride, fully embody it, then you often go try something else. If you like it, own that you like it and have a ride, <laughs> yeah. but you don't have to drag anyone else on your ride with you. You don't have to drag your, That's your right. wife, That's you right. drag your husband, you have to drag your kids or your boss. Have your angry, angry ride, do it. And there are ways to experience yeah. that feeling and the payoff of it without necessarily having a, a disempowering impact on others. I remember one time about, oh, I'm going to guess maybe nine months ago, a year ago, something like that, on one of the shows um, that I did, it was pointed out to me, I, I think it was longer than that, actually. I think it was closer to a year and a half. Um, but anyway, it was pointed out to me that there are a number of different ways to meditate. And we, we were talking about meditation and, you know, what's involved in it. And at that point, I was not a meditator in any sense, at least not in the sense of, of doing it consciously and saying, yes, I am meditating now. But it was pointed out to me that because there are lots of different forms, um, you can be meditating without realizing that that's what you're doing. And I said, really? I mean, how do you do that? And they said, well, for instance, there's walking meditation. I said, I've never heard of that. What's walking meditation? Well, that's basically where you're, you know, you're, you're just clearing your mind while you're walking. I said, damn, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I found out I had been meditating and I didn't know I had been meditating. Yeah. Um, and I say that because you talked about expressing that anger, getting it out, you know, letting it say what it needed to say. That's what I was doing. And I didn't have to even think about mm -hmm. it. This was not something I said, oh, I need to get my anger out. I'm going to go do this walking meditation. No, this was like my go-to thing that I just fell into. <laughs> this is what I do. So I got up and I'm pacing through the house. Going, <laughs> <laughs> just pacing, 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 pacing. And Louise knows to stay out of the way. <laughs> just go right by her you know <laughs> and that's what i was doing I, I mean it was not something where i was doing it with deliberate intent of oh i need to get this anger out it was just how i was getting my anger out mm. i was just getting it out um, and in the process of getting that out i said to myself dang i got a pretty good process here and i had never <laughs> even planned this as a process <laughs> i mean emotions are energy emotion we could say right that's the quick what I heard once especially yesterday yeah <laughs> And um, there's a, a friend of mine does a, a modality called core energetics and core energetics actually has you taking actions and movement, whether it's hitting stuff or, you know, punching or pushing against stuff 
whilst consciously focusing on the emotion to allow the energy to move out of your body. Mm. So when you're walking, it's like, yeah, you're hitting the ground and you're, you know, and if you're focusing on that emotion, you're giving it the chance to just get free. Right. And so it doesn't need to be in you. And that's why a lot of people feel better after they go and have a workout or, you know, they go mm -hmm. and punch a punching bag. It's allowing the energy to move. Sure. Dancing yeah. meditation is another great meditation form. There's a, a movement called ecstatic dance. I think it started on the West mm -hmm. Coast. I've, I've been to one. They're really cool. So effectively, it's a dance party, but there's no talking. Uh, there's no shoes. Hmm. Um, no drinking. Go ahead. It opens with a meditation, and then the DJ just plays, and you just free. There's no judgment, and you just move however you want to move. Just move. And you okay. dance and you move. And if you want to communicate with someone, you have to communicate with the movement and with your body. There's no speaking allowed. <laughs> and at the end, it closes with a meditation circle. And it's really, really okay. beautiful. It's, um, so dancing meditation is really, really cool. Um, so if anyone's in a position to look up ecstatic dance, it's really cool. Um, I know That's really interesting it. because, I mean, I, I haven't done dance in a long time. But for many, many years, I was a swing dancer yeah, no, no, no. Uh, just before I met uh, Louise and, and actually shortly afterward, too. And, I mean, we didn't have any rules that were extensive as that, you know, but there wasn't any alcohol, mm -hmm. mainly because with that, that's such a high activity dance. If you don't drink, if you drink alcohol, you'll make it about 10 minutes through and then you're done <laughs> because you're burning up so much energy and you're sweating out so much water that, I mean, you'll kill yourself. <laughs> because nobody drinks alcohol. Um, on top of that, Conversations are limited to, would you like to dance? Sure. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole conversation. <laughs> and it, so it's close. Yeah. It's not quite the same thing, but it's close. I mean, with the and I know dance, you feeling. basically step into the energy of the person. And it's amazing how you feel the energy moving in the space. And I remember when I went with my friend, um, for a while I just sat there on the floor and just allowed the energy to move and just observe the dynamics of what was happening. And there's people that you thought knew each other they'd never met before, but they were engaged in this dancing communication and just allowing mm. themselves to find a rhythm between, because we're not talking about a one, two step or whatever. It's people right, freely right. moving and finding a rhythm of their energy as they're moving in. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I mean, I was in a relationship at the time, so I didn't really, I was a bit contracted in terms of f falling into the experience fully, but I'd very much like to go with an open energy field and see what that was like, just experience and mingling of energy. Oh, okay. um, so yeah ecstatic dance is really cool and if someone people get a chance to check that out or uh, something akin to it where you are i really do recommend it it's um really really beautiful that's interesting because it i mean obviously swing dancing swing dancing is a pretty freeform dance but it does have a form to it mm -hmm. it has a you know there are certain Step. prescribed steps and so mm -hmm. forth whereas what you're describing is no prescribed steps at all mm -hmm. which is totally freeform mm -hmm. And when you were describing that, now, this still has a little bit of prescription to it, so to speak, but th there were like one or two regular dance partners. Yeah. You, got to, you get to know everybody in the community pretty much, you know, and there, were, there was one in particular who every time I danced with her, we, we basically violated all the rules. We just went right into like, you know, almost like we were Fred and Ginger on stage or something. We, we just went into this, this dance that moved with the music. It, I'm sure it had steps, but neither one of us knew what they were. <laughs> and, you know, so it was partner. We were partnered up. We were, in, we were in partner position, but that was about it. The rest of it was just movement. And I, I'm imagining like taking that experience, taking the partner aspect out, 
and realizing that it would probably feel very much the same thing mm. because that's what we were doing. We were just interacting. We were communicating non-verbally mm. and we loved it. I mean, when, when Cynthia and I danced, it was like, this was like one of the, the highlights of the night was, oh, we're going to, I'm going to have my dance with Cynthia and we're going to do this crazy wild thing where, you know, nobody else can figure out what we're doing, <laughs> but we do. <laughs> We didn't even know what we were going to do. Oh, that wow. was so cool. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. I think there's a, there's a freedom from that, right? And yeah. and I think that freedom speaks to the healing meditative element of being in that space. For, especially yes. when there's a really clean space. You know, there's no sexual intent. There's no... It's right. just clean just two people or more. Yeah. In, in this case, more than two, two people. But it's just people just interacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without mm -hmm. without words, and and that is powerful. Mm -hmm. It it's it takes some doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the younger generation finds it easier. I found that, like, I would have people ask me. Other people in the dance committee would ask me, and I'm sure Cynthia got the same thing. You know, what are you doing? How are you doing that? And you know, we couldn't explain it. Mm -hmm. The best I could I could explain to somebody else was, well, you you just have to kind of let go of all the rules. You have to just kind of go with it mm. and they didn't know what i meant mm. now bear in mind we were in a community where you did a prescribed dance mm -hmm. so you know that was yeah. part of the mindset and it was, it was that's kind of tough to overcome that mindset if that's what you're there for but nevertheless it it stumped people mm -hmm. you know and i think that's kind of indicative of the fact that we we grew up in a society no matter what society it might be it, here in america anywhere around the world we grew up in societies where we live with proscription we live with what is expected of us and we're, we're brought up on that we are we're taught it it becomes inculcated deeply into practically into our genetic structure so it's almost like being asked overcome your genes for a moment <laughs> that's not so easy when you're so heavily self-programmed that way and first part is recognizing that it was self-programmed i mean most of us would say well no no that was my society that, did that, to me. that was my teachers that was my parents that was my siblings that was my friends they all it wasn't me and, and this is i think this is where the self the self-autonomy aspect comes in like that self-agency of mm. yeah fair enough they had a say but i've got the say now yeah fair enough. it's like mm. accepting that there was something from them, there was an input, but that input doesn't have to be a permanent, doesn't have to have a permanent place. The input actually is ephemeral in its natural nature, but the ephemeral nature of those inputs only only really takes form when we allow it to be ephemeral. Because what ends up happening is they kickstart by creating it and then we hold it in place by continuing to agree to it. I'm, I'm, um distracted because i'm looking at uh, the chat there's a chat going on in uh live stream with uh some of our regulars and uh one person i don't recognize and it's an interesting chat it's almost um i mean it, it's a mostly positive chat but it's almost like it's got that same kind of dynamic dynamic we've been talking about here talk about law of attraction mm -hmm. you know the, the sort of push me pull you kind <laughs> of feeling going on, which is really interesting mm -hmm. so yeah i won't go into the details of, of the chat but mm -hmm. yeah i mean this is something we are all experiencing on one level or another. You mentioned empaths. I think we're all empathic. Yeah, I think everybody is empathic because everyone has an energy body. Um, when I talk about empaths, I'm just talking about people that have got a level of communication with their energy bodies that allows them to perceive it more consciously. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we all have a mind, but we don't all have the ability to communicate with our mind and have a conversation with our subconscious. We all have an energy body, but we aren't always aware of it 
or even aware of the fact that we are ex- what we're experiencing and giving other labels to consciously is just an energetic engagement with other people, places, and things. Because everything has an energy signature, absolutely everything. And some of them, some people have a, a, a greater sensitivity. It's like sensitive teeth, right? Sure. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. It has a, a feeling to it. It has a response in our teeth. If we don't have sensitive teeth, we're not aware of the depth of that sensitivity. Some of the sensitive teeth just feels all of it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> so we could say that energy is ice cream and we are teeth and some of us are more sensitive than some of us are. That's a good analogy. It's true. Mm. It, because not only is it easy for me to identify with, because I do have sensitive teeth, <laughs> but my teeth are so sensitive that I can become overwhelmed by it. Wow. I mean, get some cold ice cream on my teeth, particularly the back teeth. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm practically comatose. <laughs> it's just, it's really overpowering. I, I think, you know, empathic abilities can be fine-tuned and you can learn the rhythm of your body. And I think, especially when people understand that there are so many different ways to communicate with non-physical spaces, some people are more clear audience, some are more clear visual, some are uh, clear um, clear cognizant like me, like we all have a way to communicate with energy uh, and we all have a different way that we process energy and we can actually tap into that and strengthen it. Or we could pretend it's something else or we might not even believe in it and therefore not have the ability to tap into it. Right. But it doesn't negate that the energy is there. It's been demonstrated to be real. Doesn't negate sure. the fact that you can take pictures of somebody's energy body now. So we know that's real too. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I haven't seen one of those in a while, but yeah, yeah, people have found ways to to do exactly that. And I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So there we go. You know. Yeah. Auras. By the way, I got I gotta ask you about the t shirt, because because your t shirt says certified dreamer. I'm just wondering how you get certified. Uh, I am the dreamer CEO, so you will come through me and Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I wanna do because... I wanna do a version of this with um with the like the social media blue tick okay okay that's the uh that's the next stage i think but we'll see and i presume that this is dreaming in the sense of of conscious creation dreaming rather than i'm i'm asleep dreaming. yeah dream with your eyes open it's um it's one of mine so it's all about recognizing that our life is a waking dream and that we can live it lucidly just as we do our our sleeping dreams too but it just requires mm-hmm. learning how to access that level of lucidity and therefore um, take that conscious dominion that's available to us and direct the, uh, the events of our waking dreams today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh, conscious creator aspect is really what is one of my biggest motivations when it comes to doing this podcast, nice. um, mostly for building my own, but also helping others through, through my mistakes <laughs> and through my, through my example and, and through the examples of my other, my co-hosts, actually, that's probably where I, I hope for it more than anything else is what my co-hosts bring to it. But that, that's a big deal for me, conscious creation or deliberate creation, depending on how you want to mm-hmm. uh, phrase it. Yeah, that's a really big deal. And, and when we're dealing with energies like we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. these really unpleasant energies, these energies are like you're kind of wiping them off your arms, mm-hmm. you know, because it just doesn't feel so good. That's when, I don't know, I think I'm becoming a, a little bit contrary or something because that's when I say to myself, okay, now it's time to really exercise. I've got this thing that I don't like to deal with. Let's see how good of a conscious creator I can be now. How much can I get rid of this stuff? How much can I let go of it and move back to where I want to be? This is the test. Mm-hmm. This is the testing ground right here. 
I mean, and there's so many. I think, I think it's probably healthy. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's healthy. <laughs> well, I think, I, again, for me, it all comes down to perspective. There will be some people whose perspective at a subconscious level is they're doing that in order to skip high school football and jump straight to the NFL <laughs> and wonder why they can't get a single pass off. And then say, look, I know I could never play football, right? And some people have been training for this all their, their lives, and this is the opportunity for them to upgrade and go to another level. I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier, and we're talking about the fact that um, a lot of people's stuff is coming up in this energy, and it's shaking things loose. Yeah. And that this is an opportunity to upgrade, or it's an opportunity to, to move backwards, and it's up to us which one we choose. You know, It's all about... It's an opportunity to do something that there's always an opportunity to do, but the highlighting makes it more apt opportunity to do it because the opportunity to upgrade is there every moment, but there's not always such a, a screaming offer to step into that opportunity. <laughs> screaming. Oh yeah. That's a good description. <laughs> a screaming offer. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. And there, there are some friends of mine that are looking at the fact that mother earth is healing and that maybe mother earth created this specific situation because there's less pollution happening now the skies are clear Perhaps. over some industrial countries because everybody's at home and not not polluting. i think I've, I've become so um self-programmed to what we talk about here that i i've gotten to the point where i don't give it much credence to any outside force creating my energies i just like no i know it's me yeah i i I've tried to get away with it before, but my conscious mind won't let me get away with it anymore. You know? I, I mean, for me, this is like, this has been a perfect example of a concept that I've been working on called quantum quantum layovers. I don't know if I've mentioned it on much. No, no. Tell us about that. So quantum layovers is a way that I'm I'm playing with describing how comes, if everybody's creating their own reality, why some people end up co-creating realities. And, and that's why I started to come up with quantum crossovers, because if everything is a series of quanta, which is what's been scientifically demonstrated to be true. Whoops, we, we lost a video and an audio feed there. Oh, there we go. Hello. Yeah, sorry, somebody tried to call me. Yeah, my, my godmom's yeah. trying to call me, and uh, she will keep calling um, so <laughs> oh, no. I, I may have to tell her that I can't talk now at some point. Well, tell you what, because I mean, we, I always do, yeah, I always do promos. Why, why? And, uh, oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Well, tell you what, let me, I'll take a couple minutes to do promos. You can get yeah. a message to her and, and, you know, we'll, we'll reconnect. Okay. Let me just quickly do that. that. Then I'll explain the quantum concept. Right. Okay. Okay. So while Daniel's off uh, taking care of his stepmom, his grandmom, we don't want to, um, annoy her, especially if she's trying to call from Africa. But uh, I basically want to invite you to become a subscriber to the podcast. Um, very simple to do. It, well, fortunately, most of you already know how to do it. Um, these days, people are, are pretty savvy about that. But sometimes, it's, you know, some people just haven't really uh, played with the technology enough. So it's pretty simple. We've set it out on the homepage of our website. Just go to LOAToday.net. And at the top of the page, you will see instructions on exactly how to do it. It's usually about a click or two, sometimes three. It depends on your device and what software you have installed. But um, for most people, it's going to be pretty quick. And then after that, you get all five of our episodes, Monday through Friday, coming right to your smartphone or other device that you use on Monday through Friday every single week. And you get uh, basically five hours of programming a week. That's a lot more 
good feeling programming that you're going and you're going to find anywhere else. Let's just be perfectly honest about that. There just isn't a whole lot of really, really um, positive programming out there. And that's what we try to bring you. Um, also check us out on YouTube. Not many people are watching us on YouTube. By comparison, we have a lot more podcast listeners, um, but that's okay. And it's growing. And the, it, the uh, reason to check us out on YouTube is you get to see us because we live stream this to YouTube while we're recording it. Um, and we do have live streamers who come in and chat and so forth and uh, contribute to the conversation. Uh, again, you just go to YouTube, do a search for LOA Today podcast videos at the top of the page, click the subscribe button. And also make sure you click the, uh, the little silver bell. That way you get notified whenever we're doing a show um, live. We do them Monday through Friday, um, 4 p.m. New York time. Um, but you also get notified after the fact, if you miss the show, um, that you can go check out the live stream uh, or the record recording of the live stream. So two ways to do it. Do it through uh, the podcast uh, recording or the, the podcast description and subscribe to us on YouTube and catch us both ways. And it looks like Daniel's back. I mean, it looks like perhaps he's dealt with... Uh, with mom there so hopefully he's kind of working his way back in we'll see <laughs> there he is yeah <laughs> we're back we're back all right so promotional message is done for the day that's a good thing fabulous um, and i i don't i haven't mentioned it much in the last couple of weeks but the numbers are continuing to hold solid and, and grow it right now the, the growth pace has slowed a little bit but it's a nice steady pace that we're going on and i mean it's gotten up in, into numbers now where I'm starting to get really excited about it um, because for the longest time, my listenership was really, really small mm -hmm. and then it just started to climb and started to climb. And it was one of the things I was trying to manifest into my life. I wasn't doing any promotion other than here on the show saying, become a subscriber, become a subscriber. You know, mm -hmm. but I wasn't doing advertising or, you know, doing all the SEO stuff or all that kind of, I wasn't doing anything like that. I was just surely, doing surely, the show okay. and, just pure organic LOA, you know, draw it into your life and people are showing up. How cool nice. is that? So yeah, okay. that's good stuff. The evidence becomes manifest. It does. It does. Mm. Yeah. You know what? One of the most interesting parts of that is trying to come to terms with, oh my God, it really is there. It really <laughs> is coming. You know, noticing that that is really, I really did manifest this. This is really mm -hmm. happening, you know, because we're so trained by our societies, by our, you know, the people we respect and so forth to believe that, you know, this woo-woo nonsense is just woo-woo nonsense. And, you know, the only thing that really is spiritual is if you're a Christian and beyond that, nothing is really spiritual. And mm -hmm. um, basically, if you're investigating anything that's outside of that circle, you're crazy. You're mm -hmm. just playing crazy, you know. So against that or backdrop, here I am devil. trying to, what's that? Or of the devil. Or the de oh well yes even worse even worse <laughs> so against that backdrop trying to come to terms with okay I'm going to deliberately use uh, my my emotional and thought process to attract something in my life and have it show up it's almost like is is this allowed <laughs> am I permitted to have this is this real I'm just making this up no this can't be real <laughs> it's a funny thing but that's, it's that's very, very what I experienced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the fact is, it's just the level of certainty that you have in whether it's real or not is what's going to affect whether it's real or not. I know <laughs> that's one of those weird conundrums. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had uh, I, I I really started to I think I shared with you when I I really started to have a really deep existential crisis mm. as I started to really dig into the lucid living stuff as I was learning more modalities and digging into different things and doing different experiments and starting to see results of certain nature i was like 
nothing real, nothing's real, no, nothing matters. I'm playing at the edge of consciousness the whole time. Like none of it, none of it. Okay, well, okay, well, and I, I really started to feel the meltdown because I'm just like, <laughs> just here at the edge. And okay, the next step's coming because I've called it in. Oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. so that happened because of this, and I nearly went cuckoo, honestly. <laughs> grounded you know grounded a lot of grounding practices and just taking time to just feel the experience and to allow it to move through me and just to make it fun okay cool Mm -hmm. this is a big game it's a big game nobody's getting out alive and at the end of the day there's an infinite number of variations of it so there's no point me trying to keep score here anyway because (laughs) there's a quantum reality where i've lost the quantum reality where i've won (laughs) this is true You know, yeah. And it, it started to dissipate this whole idea of, um, of regret, of fear, mm. of doubts, of needing to get it right. Because every variation of it that I can ever conceive of is happening here and now. Mm-hmm. So just be present with the one that you're experiencing. There's a, there's a level of consciousness that's experiencing the other one, and that's for them. And the quantum that I'm in now responds to where I am right now. So why not just experience this one and do it fully? So that if there's a lesson to learn, I don't have to repeat it. If there's an experience of how I can fully embody it and take the benefit of it, and then move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. I think this whole thing about the uh, quantum theory and and you know all that, the different uh, lingo that goes with it and so forth, different people respond to it in different ways. I think that the reason that it's even part of the conversation is because it makes it easier to handle it mentally, to handle it. Mentally. <laughs> I think that's why we have it and, and some of us need more of it some of us need love some of us need almost none of it i mean i yeah. know people who are very um in tune with law of attraction thought and the quantum part just doesn't make any difference to them you nope. know but it. there are other people who just spout it all the time that's all they can talk about and then there's everything yeah. in between you know so it's there as a tool and it's great it's a wonderful tool i think again it comes down to the belief of what you need and what you don't need you know mm-hmm. so I still have some levels of belief system tied to my need for structure around my Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So what I, I, I endeavor to do is when I feel that story coming up, I flick it back to it's optimal for me because it is optimal. I do find it easy when things are structured a certain way. So rather than framing it as a need, I'm framing it as here's an opportunity in order to have greater clarity. Or here's an opportunity to have a greater flow because I'm experiencing something that I've witnessed and experienced to be beneficial for me in that sense. And by doing it that way, it becomes less of a a task and less of a constricting thing that this is the only way things can happen to me. Ultimately, what we're really doing, all of us, is we're following the teaching of Abraham, even if we're not doing it um, explicitly and um, uh, consciously, Abraham Hicks. Because Abraham Hicks teaches, well, you basically are here to experience the contrast, identify what you don't like, and say, I don't want that, I want this instead. It's always, I like this. I want this. I like that. I prefer this. I like that. I want mm-hmm. that. I prefer that. That's what, you, what we're saying. So when we're talking about quantum, well, quantum theory, okay. Do I like it? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to use it. Do I not like it? Okay. Well, I don't have to use it. It's really <laughs> just down to that. Do I like it? <laughs> what uh, this, do I this, like? This is how the agreements. I did a, I did a, a video from my Mike Better Millions class yesterday because I just wrapped up. I think I did about, I don't know two months every Friday of doing like a universal law, specifically around abundance and speaking about different universal laws. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to do a header video because I, I'm using it as like a, a bonus thing for, for something else I'm doing. And I wanted to have a, a, a video that headed out that series of videos and gave an explanation of my viewpoint on it so that people understand what I'm spouting in these videos and why I'm presenting it. 
Right. And the underlying thing that I, I gave that really speaks to what you just said is, these are all just agreements that you can subscribe to or not. And all an agreement is, is a belief system that you have enough belief in or enough uh, certainty around the, the truth of that it starts to inform how you experience your reality. That's it. And yeah. some of these agreements have been given sufficient strength because enough people believe them and it's been given life. Um, quick tangent, I go back to a, a um, I think it was a, a short series that had Sam Neill, it's about 15, 20, more than that, 20, 25 years ago about Merlin and Camelot. No. And in that show, um, the way that they eventually defeated the big nemesis of Morgana was that the whole underlying thing was magic was real because people believed in it. Mm. And she was losing her power because people were stopping believing in magic. And in the end, instead of trying to fight her, Merlin just said, this is what I'm going to do to end your reign of terror. I'm just going to forget about you. Mm. And I'm going to, and we're all going to forget about you. And we're going to, we're going to take back our power. Mm. And that's how they defeated her. They defeated her by taking their attention away and removing the power of the energy that she was getting. And for me, that's how collective agreements are. It's something that's been given sufficient fear to become real. My firm belief around this whole manicness going on right now is that the fear energy has created a collective agreement that's giving it more life than it had to have because we're dealing with something oh. that's as dangerous as it's been said. But the danger is becoming real now because enough people are subscribing to it. No but doubt we don't have it. to subscribe to that collective agreement, which is what my work is right now, not subscribing right. to the collective agreement. And so when we're talking about universal law, when we're talking about quantum theory, when we're talking about all these things, what we're saying is here is an agreement. Now it has some life to it because enough people have subscribed to it to give it life. Sure. There's a there's a, a threshold where where it becomes it becomes real. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Ask yourself: Does this agreement empower you and expand you and serve you? Having that in your informing your reality, does it serve? Yes. Subscribe to it. No. Step aside. Let it mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, that's how I endeavor to lead my life. Everything is a placebo or a nocebo. Everything is an agreement and everything's a story. And our reality is we witness it. It's just the combination of stories, narratives, agreements, placebos and nocebos that our mind accepts and believes is true and therefore runs a program against that lens and record it our life. Sure. Yeah. Because ultimately what we're talking about here is just going with what we want to be focusing our attention on. It's just that. Mm. I mean, you know, you just said it in a very eloquent and you know, expansive way, but that's what it amounts to. What do you want to give your attention to? <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> you don't want to give your attention to that craziness that's out there? Guess what? You don't have to. Hooray! Exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. It's yeah. a wonderful thing to have choice. choice mm. and, and, it, and it's something that can't be taken away from you. That, that's, I think, where in, I love the story, uh, the way you told the Merlin story. I mean, that, that's really the best version of it I've ever heard because it's beautiful. Um, but it shows also the mistake that Morgana makes in that story, the way that story is told through the version you told, because she believed that her magic was dependent on what other people would think of it. Mm -hmm. She didn't realize that the magic only depended on what she thought of it. Mm -hmm. And that's all that mattered. Mm. So I think that's the difference between conscious creators and energy vampires, because there are people that depend on other people's energy to have life. 
Mm. I think even when you, I had someone in a, a Facebook group, I mean, that asked a question. They're saying, well, you know, we're supposed to be creating our lives and, you know, we want all this abundance and stuff. But what about these movie stars and film stars that get everything that we're chasing after? And they're so sad that some of them even go to take their own life. And mm. for me, I think that goes down to, they were still externalizing that validation, externalizing where their energy comes from instead of it coming from inside of them. And when they reach the point where they recognize and realize the truth of the fact that, hang on a minute, there is nothing coming from those people. They're still feeding themselves too. I'm not, they're not feeding me. I'm feeding them. (laughs) And by the way, that's a two way street. The same thing happens with the people who are the fans of the famous people. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because they they start attaching all these things to to the famous people, and then the famous people behave differently from what their model had in mind. It's like, oh, oh my God, this terrible thing that so and so said. Can you believe they said that? Blah 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 blah. Exactly. Exactly. And we have the same thing. I remember when um, Hulk Hogan apparently. I mean, I don't remember the full details, but Hulk Hogan apparently said something racist or small-minded or something that could be conceived as being racist, and that was the end of his you know, the end of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's more stuff now about, um, you know, with the whole Me Too movement and people looking at um, stars and people in entertainment and looking at their behavior and then starting to get really, really sad and angry about the fact that they'd given them their love and attention. Yep. Mm-hmm. When, you know, people were being who they were and some of them are flawed. And some of them are flawed in a way that's darker and has far further reaching effect than others, but flawed all the same. And, really they should have been looking to themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. And this isn't about the people that have done things that have hurt others. I'm just talking about where we give our attention, where we give our power to right. versus holding it in inside. Right. Yeah. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing, you're going to follow and, and get all upset about the people who are behaving in ways that we find to be inappropriate, who are, mm-hmm. you know, basically giving their energy away in, in ways that harm themselves as much as they're harming anybody else. And they're harming others mm-hmm. too. But just by giving them all their attention, we are deliberately allowing and choosing ourselves to experience mm-hmm. the same level of harm. Mm-hmm. We don't really, we, we don't really want to have to admit that's not an easy thing to admit. I mean, let's be perfectly honest because <laughs> it's there. It's supposed to be their fault. Yeah. You know, really with that kind of thing, it's supposed to be their fault. And here we are having to say, oh, yeah, but you know what? I'm giving energy to it. That's not easy. I mean, as soon as we give it thought, whether it's agree, agreeance or agreements, we're tying ourselves to it and giving it our energy and therefore bringing it into our experience and opening ourselves up to it. We now had the same thing with a friend of mine, um, you know, found out some disturbing stories being told about a spiritual teacher of hers and proceeded to, on social media, cut up all references to him. He's not my guru anymore and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now the massive benefits that she's had from the spiritual practices associated with this guru, this teacher, she's even considering whether she still wants to follow through with those practices either, even though those practices mm-hmm. have served her in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's in that instance, again, it's, well, the powers within you to, 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 to witness well, hang on a minute, the practices that I learned or the information that I got from this person or the entertainment I got from this person was good at the time. Am I able to separate? And I'm not talking about allowing people to still be in the public eye and still be in a position of trust. I'm just talking about what we do with what we've learned or had from them up until that point when our right. viewpoint on them changed because the facts changed, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's, someone's information has helped me, 
and create a change in my life. Them being a harmful person doesn't change the quality of the information. It will change the way that I relate to that person or the way I think of that person, the energy I give to that person. But it doesn't need to inform or take away from the beauty of what I got from the, from the gift that was presented by that person. Yes, people that have done harm to others, I, I believe in the social contract. I subscribe to the social contract that there should be there should be repercussions for that. Repercussions that are more towards guarding other people being harmed. I don't necessarily believe it's humanity's job to punish others. I think that nature has a way of doing that in and of itself. Yeah, that people forget what's coming to them. But I don't think it's important to protect people from harm that aren't in a position to protect themselves. Yeah. I, I can mm-hmm. subscribe to that. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're right. It all comes down to our relationship to that information ship. Our relationship to that information, <laughs> our relationship to those agreements, our relationship to the benefits or pains of those experiences and what we do with them, the choices we make around them, how we integrate them, and the choices that we make going forward with them. What's so cool, I think, is that if we are kind of willing to step back for a moment, we can realize that, well, okay, I associate this really lovely thing with this really awful person, and I don't want to have the association, so I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just not going to use it anymore, even if it's got some value to it. And later on, I can decide, well, you know what, I'm going to take the stuff that has value and leave the other part alone, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. And you, you, can, you, can put, you can take the tool and pick it up. You can put the tool down. Mm-hmm. And they're both perfectly acceptable solutions. Yeah. You can and do it either way. Do it right. goes to right. Yeah. Everyone has a right to choose what they're going to do. And it's all about agreements. I mean, I've, I, had, uh, I, had a, I had a spiritual teacher nearly 20 years ago. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff. I had about five, six years when I walked away from what I'd learned from that teacher. Because I didn't agree. I saw some of the things that were being said in a different light. And I fell out of alignment with that. But it hasn't stopped me taking the beauty from from what I learned and it hasn't stopped me applying that and it hasn't stopped me being grateful for what I did get from that teacher. Even though there are parts of their belief system or what they teach that I don't agree with, I still am grateful for what I did learn and I still apply what serves me from what they taught. Mm-hmm. And that's right. how I choose to, to live my life. There are some, there's you know, a couple of teachers I've got now, people that I, I look to now, and it's like there are things going on in, in their life that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. and that I, you know, I, I you know, I, I can't, um, you know, I can't, uh, I can't get down with. It's a long short of it. Sure. But I still endeavour to separate the person from the message mm-hmm. and to take the blessing from it right because we're all human we're all flawed we've all got things that the big whole chunks of my life that people aren't going to agree with and there are people that don't have anything to do with me because of parts of my life and i to be honest i salute okay that's for you but does that mean that we need to not allow ourselves to have the benefit of what people have to teach and share with us and i say i do my best to not let that be the case Mm-hmm. Not to cut myself off from my advancement and development because of someone just being human. Exactly. And uh, by the way, I, I have on numerous occasions talked about my own um, struggle, so to speak, with uh, formal religion, organized religion, particularly mm-hmm. Christianity, because that's what I was brought up in. But there are also pieces of it that I really like. Mm-hmm. One of the pieces that I really like is the say is the saying that says, "Let he who's without." Sin cast the first cast stone. The first yeah. <laughs> and, and what 
that has actually taken on new meaning over the years for me. It has mm. the meaning that um, the church originally teaches with it, but it also has a secondary meaning that I think should have been taught along with it, uh, that I've learned only in the last couple of years through the uh, conversations that I've had with Cindy Chavez talking about Neville Goddard, uh, because Neville points out that the word sin has a very specific meaning. It's not the meaning that the church likes everybody to believe. The sin has the meaning of the church of, you know, hell and damn fire and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. But the actual original, if you look at the etymology, the origin of the word, what it means is to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. And if we're using a bow and arrow and trying to hit a target and we miss the target, well, we could beat ourselves up, I suppose. But the only sin is that you didn't miss the mark. So you just re-aim and you fire again. Mm -hmm. This is, there is no judgment needed in, in here. There's no condemning needed here. It's just, oops, mm. I missed the target, you mm. know? So, okay, let's take that and apply it to the phrase. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. So let he who has never missed cast the first stone. Mm. Oh, well, I guess no one's <laughs> going to be doing any stone throwing. <laughs> <laughs> and even if they did, I'd like you to hit the, hit the target anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It takes it. all of the moral angst out of it. Exactly. And, morality, and I, I used to be somebody who was really into morality, really into ethics and so forth. And mm -hmm. I've come to realize, boy, did I waste a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, just a lot of time. <laughs> and it's a good thing that I did because I needed to. It's kind of along the same lines as we talked about before, about having to work something out. You're feeling angry, you have to work the anger out. You have to kind of get it out and let it express itself. And that's what, essentially what I was doing. But at the end of the day, having worked through it all, I finally came to the conclusion that morality really doesn't serve me. I thought yeah. that it would. I thought that was how you should actually have to have a society and so forth. And I came to realize it actually produces the opposite of what I thought. <laughs> That was pretty mind-numbing when, when I came to that conclusion, when I finally realized that everybody having to live for everybody else's ideal of the way people should behave is just deadening. It's, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's a deadly way to live. I said, oh, my goodness. That's, that's not what was promised to me when I first started studying that. Mm -hmm. Right? That wasn't mm -hmm. the promise at all, but that's what it yeah. turned out to. Yeah. And you know what? Who cares? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You just dismissed thirty years of my life. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but this, is, this is where this is where the um, this is where the existential crisis comes in because it's like yes, okay, and all of those years no longer are real. What happens is we have the now, and in the now you have the opportunity exactly. to pull from that in order to experience a beautiful now and to plant seeds for more beautiful future nows. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Right? So you, yeah. you've taken the beauty of that and you've said, okay, it's about missing the mark. And all of the other stuff is about how do I feel as I'm going to this adventure where I'm taking shots and sometimes I'm missing the mark and sometimes I'm hitting the mark. And how does that enable me to feel good and enjoy this adventure of looking mm. for the next mark and seeing if I'm going to do it or not? And maybe that right. involves sharing my markmanship with other people. Or maybe it involves supporting other people as they're trying to take them up. Or maybe it involves me raising some kids and supporting them in being uh, the best able to, to take their own shots too. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just going to have some cats join me while I, while I take some <laughs> shots. Who cares? What matters is right here, right now, as I reflect on all of these possibilities, how do I feel? 
Yes. Does it feel good? And if so, I'm on the right track. And if not, I'm going to take another shot. What it ultimately helped me to do was to let go of the idea that I had to have other people behave in a certain way for me to be happy. Mm. Which was a huge thing to let go of. I love that. And and I'm very proud of myself for having done that. I, I kind of wish I'd done it a little bit quicker, but nevertheless, it, it <laughs> took what it took, you know. And, and, and I got there. I mean, you mentioned earlier how, you know, you kind of trust that nature is just going to take care of situations where people harm others and so forth. And I agree with that. It's it's definitely going to happen that way. No morality is needed. It, it just mm -hmm. happens. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are so many people with so many uh, forces that they're, because we're all using force, aren't we? Not mm -hmm. in necessarily the negative sense, but we have this power, this force that we all use. Whether we're using it consciously or unconsciously, we're using it. There are plenty of people using it out there. I mean, they're all using it, right? You know, so it's going on. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to produce, you know, consequences that come out of, um, shall we call them, unfortunate uh, actions that we often mm -hmm. choose to take. I mean, personally, I don't choose, but sometimes people choose. Mm -hmm. It's it's all built in. There there is no need to police it. Mm. There's no need to. It just takes care of itself. And that is a, oh, what a release that is. Mm -hmm. Now I'm no longer, now I'm, this is one of the few ways I can buy into the Ayn Rand metaphor. I feel like Atlas who just shrugged, like, oh, God, what mm -hmm. a great relief that is to get the world off my shoulders. Because <laughs> that's what that is. That's letting go of all that. I had all this responsibility I was carrying that I didn't need to carry. <laughs> carrying it just because we subscribe to a story that that's what we're supposed to do. That's right. And it's yeah. a story that we can put down. We can set aside just like every single story that's going on in our lives. We can set aside all of them because none of them need to be there because to say that any need to be there means that there's, we don't have infinite possibility. That's true. Yeah. And the second and like that we said, start to restrict infinite possibility. And like you said, since all we really have to live in is the now, which is a good thing then when you let go of it, once you realize you've let go of it, it's really gone. Mm -hmm. It's really done. I mean, yeah. you may still feel, I still at times feel like, I guess you might call it the vibrational echo of it. Yeah, I still feel that, you know, mm -hmm. but I, it's not part of my life now. It really is gone. And, and the echo's going to end too. That, the more that becomes true. <laughs> and the echo's going to end too as soon as the new songs gets loud enough. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a cool thing. I like that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So these are all good things to remember when we're dealing with a situation like we have right now, because these things do pop up. These mm -hmm. times pop up where there's what would you call it a sort of a social agreement, like a massive yeah, collective social agreement. agreement, collective agreement toward toward insanity, really. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they happen, mm -hmm. and you you. I think you described it in terms of how you can either try to jump right from high school to the NFL, or yeah. you can just treat it like a lifelong process. Um, I, I kind of treat it like going to the spiritual gym. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, this, this is going to be my opportunity to see if I can lift another hundred pounds of weight off of myself <laughs> <laughs> and just leave it at the gym, you know? There you go. And I mean, depending on, again, the agreement, because my belief personally is even our experience of ascension is done based on our agreements. So even Talk the soul journey is, is, a, is, a, is a matter of agreement. 
because there is only one ultimate truth and that's the oneness of divinity the oneness of source everything else is a story that occurs on some level which is framed by beliefs that are held on some level of consciousness so Mm -hmm. uh, personally my personal belief that i subscribe to is that i don't have to keep running around on the um the interdimensional hamster wheel that there is a path (laughs) to moving beyond that and returning back to source as consciousness and that that can happen by me taking the time in this lifetime to break free of the story that I need to do anything other than just return to source consciousness. And that's what I'm endeavoring to do. And that for me is what true transcendence or true nirvana is. You know, I don't believe that I need to don orange robes and walk barefoot through the mountains of India to do that. I think I can do it sipping cigars and driving Ferrari personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to have some fun seeing which way it works out. And if I don't get it right this time, we'll try again. We'll take another shot. <laughs> it's not like there's a limit on our time. I exactly. mean, you, you mentioned earlier, we don't get it out of this alive. I actually don't even think about it that any, that way anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I understand what you meant by it. Yeah. Um, but I, I've actually gotten to the point now where I don't really think of death. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to say that. I, I mean, I do. It does crop up in my mind from time to time. But most often i i'm just thinking in terms of it's just okay i got up on off the stage that's that's what dying is i got up off the stage i'm still alive i'm just not you know pushing air in and out of lungs anymore you know <laughs> doesn't mean that i stop being doesn't mean that i stop doing doesn't mean that i stop all the things that i am i just mm-hmm. you know so why get all excited about it? okay i got off the stage what's next mm-hmm. just so simple yeah, it's, I, I, I'm trying, I have been trying and succeeding for quite some time to internalize the Abraham message. And I, I love the way Abraham says it. Louis de Susan and I talk about this a lot. They, they deliberately treat death with disrespect, intentionally. They, 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 they want to make it as disrespectful as possible. They don't want to um, insult people. But yeah. they want to be just disrespectful to this whole idea of death, to take the sting away from it and to basically re- help us retrain ourselves into realizing it's not that big of a deal because mm-hmm. it really isn't. It really isn't that big of a deal. You know, so, OK, just be disrespectful of it. <laughs> and it works. Taking that route really does work. If you feel what well, you talk about taking 100 pounds off at the gym. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Pick your highest weight level level. That's what comes off. It's just that big. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. So mm. well, every time that we do a show, we do it with the goal uh and the and at least I do it with the goal of trying to help everybody achieve a higher level of happy. That's what we call it the daily dose of happy. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of um, this craziness has been going on once again. I think we did it. Brilliant. So thank you very much for your contribution to that because well, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And, and ultimately, you know, I talked earlier about how sometimes I, I'm kind of amazed, like, wow, I really attracted this audience while well, I really attracted this podcast. It really is it, it just coming into my life the way I hoped it would. And on the other hand, it's like, well, yeah. So. What's your point? <laughs> of course, it's what's happening. That's what you've been attracting. <laughs> and that's cool. That's actually a cool viewpoint because that's the viewpoint that tells me we're not done yet. We've just barely begun this journey. This journey is about to get really, really exciting. 
Just scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. So thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, live streamers. And especially thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all, all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye.